0: morning everybody morning well today we get to start on a new series called uh, love one another so what is love love well it's a lot actually love is a lot Uh, love evokes it engages right it actually enrages at times love protects and it is passionately pursued Love explodes with joy and with deep pain. Uh, love intertwines itself in the secret sections of our hearts and our souls and our minds. And love becomes a fragrance, a song, a place of food and a face. Love is also just confusing. It is. Yet love can be clearly seen because love is an embrace It's when friends pause to listen and uh, share a heart-to-heart moment and they shed a tear, right? And they carry burdens and they pray for one another. And love is intentional, right? It's time spent and it's a word of encouragement spoken in that moment. Love is also an act of kindness, A safe place to fall and share your fears. Love is a commitment. It's a covenant. It's when the birth of a child happens. And it's also a deep heartache and emotional anguish of losing a loved one. Love is a lot. It's a lot. And love can be really overwhelming, especially if you want to learn about love. Right, if you want to learn about love, read about love, there are hundreds of thousands of books and our Poems on Amazon and Google that you can choose from. Or if you want to try that fascinating thing of mood matching, you know, to a song, man, that is just hard stuff. So you can repeat this wonderful love language in your head throughout the day. And if you want to look up the red list top 100 songs over the past 20 years, man, you'll have fun learning what love is because these authentic, People have sung like Justin Bieber, right? Like, you know, Celine Gomez, like Ed Sheeran, Adele, The Weeknd, and Taylor Swift, all talking about love. But then, you know, you should really go to the best decade of all. You should go to the 80s right that's where you're going to get the best music the best love tunes of all you know Whitney Houston right and John Bon Jovi and Foreigner Chicago and definitely some Brian Adams right you're going to get in there yeah cuz you know that's where you're going to figure out what love truly is and define what love is cuz these days love is challenging it's challenging to define because we live in an individualistic culture focused on personal feelings and experience that end up defining truth about love and our north american culture has kind of changed how society views love how it expressed love films love how you read about love how you are experiencing love on social media and how you actually communicate on an everyday basis about love which makes love rather subjective quite individualistic and therefore. It's just overall kind of confusing then, isn't it? So when a life and love become a whole lot more fluid in how we view a love, I find it challenging just to get a firm understanding of what love is. And so therefore, I find it best just to go to the creator of love. You know, when you read in God's word you know in uh, 1 John and actually also in the Gospel of John which are written by the same uh, writer uh, the person named John he actually expands on a particular phrase uh, that comes from john thirteen thirty five uh, and thirty four which is to love one another that's the phrase and and in in the book of first John in uh, chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, uh, John actually expands on that phrase a little bit more and what it is. And he says this. He says, "Uh, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And in this, the love of God who made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. So here, John begins to clarify any confusion that we may have regarding love in his definition of love because it's not about a feeling. It's not about an experience and it's not about a song. It's about a person. Yeah, but not any person. Right. He says that love is from God and love is God. And that love came to life among us. Right. In Jesus, so that you might live through him. Let's just repeat that again. He says that love is from God. Love is God and that love came to life among us in Jesus so that you might live and love through him. And so John is telling us that God's love actually is duplicated, has been duplicated in Jesus. And he became the image bearer of God's love to us so that we may receive and live in and sing about and read about and experience the perfect love of God through our life in Jesus Christ. So as I kind of think through that, I'm like, that is fantastic that is amazing that is amazing that is awesome but then it still leaves me with the question about oh well then still like what is love I understand like who now is love but then what is love and what does love actually look like right according to Jesus so Jesus how, how how do you define love here and what does love look like in your life and and i'm thinking that as we look at the book of john the gospel of john you know that's where jesus starts to unpack that just a little bit and i'm thinking that when his first readers were reading this as well they had a similar question like what is jesus and how is jesus defining love especially in our key verse here of john 13:34 to 35 because Jesus repeats the word love four times. He says this in our, in our verse. He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Well, okay, well that kind of clears things up. Well, not really. Not in my mind. It like totally doesn't. I still don't know how Jesus defines love in this passage until I start to understand that Jesus defines love in the Greek. That's how he does it. Love is Greek to Jesus. And so if you understand a little bit of Greek, uh, you know that there are four words in the Greek that talk about love. Three of which are mentioned in the Bible, and the fourth that you're going to see on, on, on screen is, is simply uh, up to you if you decide if that's actually in the Bible or not. You've got to figure that one out. It's kind of, it's kind of fun. I'm just going to leave it up to you. So the first word uh, here is storge. Storge is uh, a love and affection that naturally occurs just in family. It's in family, between parents and children, siblings, close relatives, right? And even though we may fight and have disagreements, there's still this base level of of love and and commitment. That's storge. The second uh, word is filio. This word implies a strong emotional connection and, and and use of the word love between friends, right? That deep friendship, that bestie that you have, that best friend, that bro relationship, that sisterhood that that you have. That's this deep relationship of friendship. That's filio. And then the third is eros, described uh, as love and romance. Uh, passionate, the sexual relationships that, that we have. And it's where we actually get the word erotic from. And then there's the fourth. The fourth word is agape. And now it refers to the love of God. Agape is the very nature of God. For God is love. It kind of defines who he is. You know, and, and And agape is also known for this action. And it prompts us to do something. And so, now that we have this, these definitions of of love, now church, now who do you think, uh, or which word do you think Jesus is using in today's text in John third and 13, 34 to 35 Which one do you think he's using? It's okay if you say it out loud. <laughs> it's agape, by the way, agape love. Yeah, if you guessed that, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Because agape love is what's actually describing himself. He's describing who he is in this passage, how he loves and how he wants his disciples to love. And agape love is is this critical identifier that he wants all his disciples to be known for. He wants us to be known for agape love. Now, if you've chosen or kind of picked one of those other, you know, uh, Greek words that were on screen, right? Uh, Those three definitions, you know, those ones are unique because uh, why Jesus doesn't use them is because they're all connected to a person or a family or a friendship or a couple. They kind of are the root of the whole definition of love is grounded in that, It defines how love is expressed and experienced through feelings in a human relationship. This means, you know, the ancient world kind of defines love in a similar individualistic manner as we do today. As our songs do, as how our social media does, how our whole culture kind of defines uh, love in a very self-fulfilling manner. Now, in our passage you now jesus uses the word that that kind of goes beyond ourselves goes beyond our selfish nature jesus uses agape because this love this love is just pure it's pure from god and it's powerful and it's so big that we cannot fully understand it or comprehend it it's one of those kind of mind-bending words that jesus uses because it's used to describe god himself the God is that is his nature, right? He uses it to define himself. And agape is not based on feeling, which I'm so thankful for. It's based on an action. So you know that God's love is always doing something. It's moving towards someone and being you and us together. Um, and now that we've kind of figured that part out we can kind of bounce back to you know first john because john says in his letter that god's love is manifested itself and became alive in jesus meaning that now that love is in christ and it's moving it's doing something it's moving towards someone and something and now we find Jesus, he's standing before his disciples back in the Gospel of John, and he's claiming to be agape, to be the very nature of God, the full definition and demonstration of the love of God in the flesh right before his disciples. And when Jesus commands the disciples now to agape one another as I have, have agape each of you, what holy you want me to do what you think i can become the nature of god and love like he loves dude are you crazy as if i can do that like who what kind of human being can do that like they're kind of freaking out as as i would because it's only later on in the gospel of John that the disciples begin to understand how they can actually become like Jesus and love people unconditionally like Jesus and like God but in this moment they they don't know they didn't know this you know cuz Jesus wants them to understand how to do this because you know he wants his disciples to demonstrate the unconditional love and grace of God through their relationship with Him so that people will then eventually experience the Jesus way to God versus the temple way that I spoke about uh, last week at, at Renfrew, Right? You see, because Jesus didn't want people to experience the, the temple laws, the old church laws, where, where it was the separation of clean and unclean towards God, this you're in or you're out type attitude uh, that, that would make you right with God. He wanted to remove that old way and old style of thinking. He wanted to do away with it because the temple, the church power of judgment that was happening, this condition, type love was getting in the way and he wanted people there to begin to experience who god was to be embraced by god because jesus was now providing a new way a new way to god that leads to forgiveness of their sin and everlasting life in heaven because of jesus sacrifice on the cross by conquering sin and death is something brand new so then, when we take all of what agape here means, combined with this new paradigm of the Jesus way of being right with God, that are that's going through these disciples' minds, right? This new commandment that we hear Jesus speak in the Gospel of John, and uh, I start to understand that when Jesus is broadcasting this commandment. To his disciples, that this carries a much more heavier weight when they're hearing it, right? These guys weren't just given some small little task about like lovingly fist punching their their buddies, you know, giving them hugs and you know having doing the free hug, you know, t shirts on and and walking themselves about the neighborhood. They, no. They weren't doing that. This this was like a cultural shakedown in their whole minds. This was a turn-your-life-upside-down God moment that I'm assuming would have just petrified them because this is so brand new. And they knew that this is going to radically change their life. It's going to radically change how they interact with others. And it's going to radically change how they they just... Love unconditionally everyone that they come into contact with because Christ is calling them to love like He does. This is hard stuff. Really hard stuff because it's not black and white anymore. It's just love unconditionally. So how do you do that? Because now I'm just afraid right, to mess this all up. And so thankfully, if you keep reading around uh, this passage in the Gospels of John, in, in chapters 13 through 15, you start to spot how the disciples are are being reassured by Jesus that it's going to be okay, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to teach you h- how to do this. Okay, I'm going to teach you how to love one another like, like I love one another. It's going to be all right. And so in, in chapter 14, he, he begins, actually. Chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus just says, okay, just, just follow me. Just follow me because 14, verse 6 says, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me, except through me. Because Jesus reassures his disciples that agape love will come from him. You know, and they just need to trust and follow him. And that they're going to discover how to do that. And then the second thing that Jesus says is that, that he's going to send us and send them a helper. A helper that will enable them to love others like he does. And that's in verse 16 of chapter 14. He says this in verse 15. And if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments, which is what? To love like I love. Back in chapter 13. And he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And you find out later on that that's the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is telling his disciples uh, with this word, give you another right? I'll give you another helper. That actually in the Greek is all about, I am going to give you an exact duplicate of myself. An exact duplicate of himself being the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is going to help them and now us agape love one another and love other people. Because later, these guys don't know this, right? But later in the book of Acts, right, we find out, this is a bit of a spoiler alert if you want to read through it, right, that, you know, the Spirit of God, agape love, you know, is actually going to live in us, in you, in the disciples through the Holy Spirit. But the disciples, they, they didn't know this quite yet. You know, so instead, you know, Jesus, you know, to get them ready, he uses an illustration in chapter 15, he uses an illustration or a parable that teaches them about what this is going to be like. He says this, that he starts it off with saying that I am the true vine. And my father, God, well, he's kind of like the farmer, right? He's the, the wine dresser. And we, the disciples, were the branches. That's what he begins to say there in chapter 15. And the summary of this parable or illustration is about his disciples really abiding in Him, loving in Him, staying connected to Him, and live, living in the true vine. Okay? Living in it. Because when you abide in me, Jesus says, and I abide in you, being actually in you, you will be able to agape. Agape, love one another as I have loved you. So when Jesus commanded His disciples to agape love one another as he had loved them, he was actually setting them up to win, not to fail, even though they were afraid. You know, he was giving them the choice to win and experience a deeper love with people and for people, right along with falling more in love with God and the Holy Spirit and himself. But like I said at the beginning of our time together today, in all of that, love is it's a lot. It's challenging. Love can be confusing. And now love can be a choice. Love can be a choice. You know, when I was in kindergarten, I, I didn't really think love was a choice. I just thought love was fun. Because right? my, uh, my, my cousin Marvin and I, we had a lot of fun dating this, uh, this set of twins and they were so cute, man, and we just had so much fun dating them, and love just kind of flowed out of us. Yeah, it was, uh, it was so fun and, and and cute, right? But I'm pretty confident it was not agape love. Yeah, I'm pretty confident about that. Yeah, and then as I, as I continue to grow through elementary school, right, and dating, and junior high and high school, you know, I'm, once again, I'm pretty sure I didn't experience agape love during that whole season of life. I'm, Pretty sure it ended up in being one of those other three Greek words that we talked about already. And I was pretty self-centered, you know, and selfish person uh, during that time. But then I got engaged, you know, I got engaged to my late wife, uh, Jody, uh, and then uh, a professor at Rocky Mountain College. Right. He gave me this little book called Love is a Choice, Not a Feeling." Like, oh, nice. And so, you know, after I I got married, I really wish I had read it. Yeah, that would have been good. But, you know, I didn't because now I was actually experiencing love as a choice, you know, instead of just this feeling due to these tense conversations you end up having, these you know, miscommunications that happen, this, wasn't it your turn to cook, and why do I always have to do the dishes? Like those kinds of things that happen, and all of a sudden, love becomes a choice because there's no real lovey-dovey feelings in here anymore. But that's what happens when agape love begins to you know, permeate us, when Christ is in us, it begins to change us and transform us into this way of loving others, even though you don't feel like it. And for all of us, love becomes a choice. It always becomes a choice. And that choice can't be built upon you know, a favorite love song or a romantic moment or just those wonderful family gatherings that you may be a part of at Christmas and Easter. It will need to be built on a love that only Jesus can give. A love that only Jesus can produce in you and I because you have chosen to stay connected to him abiding in him uh, as your true vine as someone who's going to be dropping that love within you because that love is the kind of love that transforms and not only changes us but changes the people that we are now called to love you see jesus he understood love because he was love and he demonstrated that kind of love to his disciples when he chose to humble himself and become a servant at the beginning of chapter 13 you end up seeing Jesus lovingly washing his disciples' feet which would have been disgusting right to do that and to lower himself in in that way but Jesus put agape love into action he did something that we would not want to do, he loved, regardless of how uncomfortable it was, and how much time that it seemed to take, because he chose to love, as we see in John thirteen, because Jesus chose to love and become really the bearer of god 's love to all people, so that they could experience the unconditional love of God, and when we choose Christ, you know receive his forgiveness and give our lives to him as Christians, we are now bearers of Christ's love. We become ambassadors who represent Jesus' love. And now it's our job to point people to God by doing one critical and sometimes complex and other times really complicated and other times it's really simple but our stubbornness gets in the way of not wanting to do it because all we're called to do is one thing. Love one another. Let's pray. Father, all of us know know that when it comes to loving others, when it comes to what seems simple to love one another, can become so hard. Uh, it's uh, when we know that we get in the way, that we get stubborn. We have other things on our agenda. Uh, we have time crunches. We have this. We have that. We have just fill in the blank that keep us from loving others the way you want us to love others. And so, we do need your helper. We do need the Holy Spirit. Uh, to teach us, to lead us, and to show us how to love unconditionally. And, and ultimately, Father, we need to be reminded of how much we are loved unconditionally. And so help us to be really uh, just a, a, a vase of your love that's poured out uh, to others. And so, Father, help us to live this day to the full in that way, being true to you in every way. By loving others. And Jesus, help us to give ourselves away to others, being kind and loving to everyone we meet. And Spirit, help us to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all we do and say. In Jesus' name, amen.